Welcome to the SPS Digital Learning Hour, brought to you by the Digital Learning and Assessment Department. We're coming to you today from a conference room in Central Office, bringing you the latest news in Springfield Public Schools in regards to technology, along with inspiring interviews from teachers who are using technology in the classroom. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Mike Thomas, the Bearded Tech Ed Guy. You can find me out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of the social media places under Bearded Tech Ed. In case you missed it, the past few weeks we've posted some great new blogs. And they are all about gaming and game-based learning and gamification in the classroom and ways that you can effectively do it. There's some great videos. There's a lot of great resources. I mentioned a few weeks ago about Tisha Richmond who has a lot of great game-based stuff on her personal website that I encourage you to go and check out. I'll include that in the show notes again. And in the gamification article and the game-based learning article, it really, we delve into what it is in the classroom. It's not just playing games. We can all think back to when we played the Oregon Trail back in school, back in the day. It's not just that, although that is one of the ways that you can do game-based learning in the classroom. So check out these articles. They're up on the We Learn blog. In case you missed it, if you don't follow me out on Twitter, I highly encourage you, one, to sign up for Twitter, two, to follow me because I'm always posting great resources that are especially useful for our district. One of the things that I recently posted or reposted because somebody else did the legwork, and that was all about HyperDocs in OneNote. If you've never seen a HyperDoc before, you should go check it out. They're linked documents that students do work in. They are fantastic, and you can do them in OneNote. And you should check it out. Pretty awesome. If you find my Twitter handle, Bearded Tech Ed, you will be able to find this along with so many more resources. That's it for In Case You Missed It. Coming up next is our interview of the week. So for this week's interview of the week, I met with Timothy Baker, Ballyette Middle School. Listen to how all the ways that he's using technology in his science classroom. Check it out. I think you'll be inspired. Tim Baker, I am at Ballyette Middle School. I teach 6th, 7th, and 8th grade science. Before this, I was a para in Granby, Connecticut for five years, and I worked with kids with behaviors and autism. So you went from being a para in Connecticut to being a teacher in Massachusetts. What kind of things were precipitating that change? And so the biggest change was obviously the population. I went from like a farm town in Granby, like working with that population, to urban district with kids from mm-hmm. the city, to a behavioral school, the safe school right off the bat. So right there, just the student population was different. Um, the teachers were a lot different. People are more reserved. I think people are more laid back here than they are in Granby, Connecticut. (laughs) I would not have known that. (laughs) Early years, so that time as a para, what kind of technology did you use or did you even use anything with the students? Actually, the students when I was in Granby, they all had one-to-one computing. So, and they piloted it. My, my, yeah, my first year there, they piloted it. So they all had take-home laptops, everything. 
And it was kind of interesting because I learned a lot of the stuff that I use now here from some of the teachers there that were using it. So, so they jumped in with not just one-to-one, but like take-home right away. Right, yeah. Are you guys doing that here at all? No, or? I don't think it's... I don't think it's the best thing to do here, but no, we don't do that here. We just have them use it in the classroom. That's it. All right. So what are some of those things? Because you just mentioned that you learned stuff while being a para there that you are now using here as a teacher. So what were some of those things? So the first thing I, when I first started here, I actually brought OneNote to just the staff. So the staff, we all use mm-hmm. OneNote now to kind of transfer notes and like operational data. Um, but now this year, I actually use it as my class platform. I've gotten like full paperless in the classroom, so I have no paper at all. So they just log in. They start going onto OneNote. They do their activator on there, their work, classwork there if it's on there. Mm-hmm. And then they wrap up with like their exit ticket on there as well. With Springfield being a transient population with students a lot of times, and in particular, up from my experience, upper elementary and middle school um, seems to move around a lot. How did you? How do you deal with that kind of thing when it comes to OneNote notebooks? Did you? Do the students still have access to them after they've left? Have you even had students leave yet? Or uh, well, being in the alternative school, we do get like kids trickle in randomly. So mm-hmm. if they leave, because I've had two kids already leave, I just remove them from the notebook essentially. But they, from what I gather, what I've read on OneNote is that the information stays there. So they still have access to it, but I'm not really sure because I've never looked at mm-hmm. it from the end of the students that left. But when I got new students, I would just add them and then mm-hmm. I could just give them the, the, the classwork right off the bat, right when they come in. So like I just had a new student that started Friday. So I had, when he came in, I had to add him to the OneNote, give him all the documents for today so they could use them. Mm-hmm. So really, it's been pretty much not really an issue for me. It's, so it's pretty quick. Because I know that's from talking with teachers, going completely paperless yeah. while is something that they dream of because you're only given like a box of paper for the year, mm-hmm. depending on what school you're at, maybe less. They're just afraid that the students, like just the students being able to interact with it, that they don't quite have the ability to do so. Having middle school students, have you found that to be any sort of an issue or was there a lot of training at the very beginning? So my first week I did, so every, every year at the beginning, like within my, I, it only took me a week, but like usually sometimes it'd be two, depending. We get like two weeks to kind of teach routines and behaviors and stuff like that. So in the first week, I think I took maybe two days, but I had them doing it from the first day. So that routine and structure was built. So like if you see on my board, I have ID number at SpringfieldPublicSchools.com. So they always <laughs> can remember how they're going to log in. Mm-hmm. And then they know their password because it's the same across the board. So they there it was pretty – once I got them doing it for a whole week, they had no problem. It's Now they come in. They're already logged in before I even like get them all the way in the classroom. They know what they're doing just by routine. Nice. So really it, it's kind of scary at first. And it was a lot of like – front loading the planning Mm -hmm. and figuring out what to do and then modeling it for them like multiple times every day for the first week then they pretty Mm -hmm. much just get it and when I get a new kid another student will show them how to do it they're Mm -hmm. like no this is how you do it this is how they do it so usually I just get their peers helping them so which is shows that the students really have Mm -hmm. taken a strong liking and learning to what you're doing yep so now in regards to content, you're a science teacher teaching six, seven, and eight. Like how much like pre-populating the notebooks do you have to do? Or are you still creating content as you go? 
Are you using content from different places and embedding it? Like, what kind of process is that like? Um, it's, it is a pain, <laughs> but I do have like my plans from the year before the past two years that I just kind of copied paperwork or classwork into OneNote essentially and just reformat it. It's really just reformatting. It is a lot to like distribute all the notebooks and then sometimes there's errors where it doesn't go to the student because maybe they're new and they don't have the same, the exact class notebook that you had set up before. Mm. But other than that, just having old work or even just creating new work, I just put it, I do it directly on OneNote and then just distribute it to them. So either it's copy pasting, like I said. But. So are you creating a lot of your own content or are there like, are you using like sense of science? Like I want to call it fat, but it's like pH. Oh yeah. So like, or like those kind of things. Yeah. So online labs, I'll put a, so that that's actually pretty good thing to talk about so if i have like an online lab so like fat like you're mm -hmm. saying or like gizmos but i don't use that much this year because you gotta pay for it now a lot <laughs> or like uh other random mm -hmm. websites that they have like there's colorado things that i think we just because we just got mcgraw hills so we have the classroom platform that they have mm -hmm. um so i'll just put a link on there so that way they can just click the link they're there mm -hmm. they don't have to think about it they're already there and then i put directions in the one note document and then i'll have like a lab sheet so even if they do a lab live lab in class i'll have them do the work on the computer so that way they're doing their lab they can mm -hmm. go and type their information on the computer because really that's what they would do if they ever wanted to pursue a job in science they would be typing in any of the information that they mm -hmm. find in a lab on a computer so and have you found that the students are really like because I know that there's some research out there that like goes and it goes back and forth depending on what the size population is. Like, are they really retaining the information that they can recall later on, or is it a constant referring to notes? And um, so I I noticed that this year I don't know if it's just the group of kids that we have this year, but my my students' test scores, the unit test mm -hmm. scores, went up quite a bit actually. So and when they talk to me and I'm asking them questions, like probing questions they're able to answer a lot of the information really quickly. So to me that says, well, this looks like it's working because they're, they're engaged. And one of my biggest fears too was that they would get like sidetracked, like go on YouTube, go on Facebook, which obviously that happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. We have Dino so I can watch, see what they're doing, make sure they're not doing anything that mm -hmm. they're not supposed to. And most of the time they're not. Most of the time they are engaged because they're like, oh, I'm lucky because I'm using a computer all day in class and not sitting here writing in pencil. Mm -hmm. Are there any other, and we, I know we brought up the fat, are there any other tools that you're using with the students? Um, one big one, every Friday we do Kahoot instead of like a quiz. They love Kahoot. And I brought that here my first year because I learned about that from Granby and I'm like, oh, we got to try this. And then like it, it kind of has taken off and a lot of teachers here started using it too because kids really like it. It's really fun. It's like gamifying. And then the other thing is class dojo for behaviors, which I know a lot of people in the district already use. That's pretty exciting. And then the McCraw Hill website, their app that they have for like reading and there's other resources on there too. And then like we talked about mm -hmm. the FET and the interactive labs. I think there's more. Well, like Office 365 PowerPoint, right. the usual stuff. Usual. Yeah. Um, with a school like you guys have here, which is... On the smaller side, mm -hmm. do you guys find time that you can collaborate with not just other science teachers, but like you can collaborate with the reading or the math or the social studies or I don't know, is there humanities in middle school? 
I mean, not, no, I don't think there's <laughs> humanities classes, but they have. I mean, we do have time. We uh, that's kind of tough because we don't always have time to like collaborate with each other across curricularly, but we try to because I know like the math teacher in seventh grade. She wanted to come to me and talk about scale drawings. This is kind of a standard mm-hmm. we touch in science too, and we build bridges. And then she did a lesson on scale drawing with the bridges that they built in class. And so, I mean, we we do have some time, but it's not a whole heck of a lot because we have such small numbers of staff too that it's hard to get coverage for certain things. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you've been teaching here for three years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there things that you've learned? since you started teaching as like going from being a para to a teacher that you're like i'm glad i had that para experience because it made being a teacher easier definitely i think that if i wasn't a para before i'd be lost i'd be completely lost when i came here because they don't they don't give you any information right at the start like you have your college you think you're ready and then you get here and you're like man, I'm not ready. So then having the para information, like seeing other teachers teach, you kind of can model and figure out what you want to do as a teacher based on things you've seen. Whereas if you don't have that, you kind of come here, especially in Springfield, somewhere like Springfield where it's urban population. It's like you hear all the horror stories of the city and then you come in here and you're like scared and then you have no experience and then you're like, I don't know what to do. But having that experience, Mm -hmm. it makes it a little bit easier and then especially coming into a place like this where I was fortunate enough to have my mentor being the old science teacher was able to give me like plans that he used in the past. So I already had information up front. So I was kind of lucky mm-hmm. with that. So, yeah, I would suspect because I mean, I came from Vermont and then I oh, started yeah. teaching in Springfield, which is completely different, is too. Different. So I totally understand <laughs> yeah. the, your feelings on that. Um, you with being recently hired um, in the last few years, I'm sure you went through the new hire orientation as that's one of the requirements in the district. Mm-hmm. What would be some, and they get a lot of information during that time. Some of it's useful. Some of it is not useful right away, but right. will be later on. Um, but they just get a lot. What would be one piece of advice that you would give them, whether it is in regards to technology or in teaching or working with colleagues or what piece of advice would you give? Um, I would say that one of the biggest things that I did was I started off slow. So obviously I had paper. I did the typical thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't try to reinvent the wheel to start. And then over time I wanted to try different things. So I, I would try those like I did with OneNote and doing paperless, which I was like, oh, I wanted to do it last year, but I'm like, no, I can't do it that last year. And then the standards change and all that. So I, I'd say try new things, have fun. Don't be scared to try new things because it's scary. Like sometimes it's okay because maybe you'll find something that works for you and then you'll be able to go with it. You'll be able to work with it and include it into your lessons every day, like one note and everything like that. Yeah. It's great that you brought OneNote to the classroom, not just with your students, but also with the district, um, with your, not the district, though, with your colleagues here, too, because I know how effective that OneNote can be, and it's great to see that, too. So, Well, thank you for your time. I know it is the end of the day, and it's nice and quiet here, and I imagine that you have other things that you have to get done, so thank you.
Thank you, Mr. Baker, for the time that we were able to spend in your classroom learning how not only you how you brought OneNote to the staff of your school, but now how you're using it in the classroom. It's really encouraging to hear that adoption happening that way so that you guys are able to easily communicate. I will have links to Class Dojo, McGraw-Hill, Kahoot, the FET, all that stuff that Mr. Baker was doing in his classroom. And again, we thank you for that time. As we begin to wrap up this week, please remember to go out to your favorite podcast platform and give us a review, a rating. We'd love to see all those five-star ratings come in. We'd love to hear back from you and hear more about what you're doing in the classroom. If you've got teachers who you think would be great to interview, please let us know. We are always on the lookout for great teachers. With next week being vacation week, we're gonna take another week off. We've been going on this back and forth of one every couple of weeks. Hopefully we'll get back into more of a regular podcasting as we've just gone through the winter lull and the winter sickness and all of that. We're hoping to get back into a more regularly scheduled thing once a week. So we thank you for your patience on that. So remember, follow me out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Bearded Tech Ed Guy. I am Mike Thomas, and this is the SBS Digital Learning Hour.